and it will require covenant. A covenant is an agreement. We serve a God of covenant. We serve a God of commitment. He wants, amen, to be you to be in covenant with him. He wants you to be committed to him. And he wants you to be committed to his people. Are y'all with me today? This means that it's not all about us anymore. He goes on to say, all that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. And just as we obey Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. And the next part is real hard. He says, anyone who rebels against your command. Anyone who goes against you, Joshua. In the vision that God has given you. He goes on to say. Praise the Lord. Huh. And does not obey your words and all. That you command him shall be put to death. Now that's powerful. Amen. Now we may not be put to death. Physically. But how many of y'all know we can die spiritually. Amen. When we begin to get out of line. With our headship that God has placed, amen, to lead in our lives. Amen. See, the problem is sometimes we don't begin to understand what's going on in our lives because we think because we don't have some kind of sin of the flesh, but we have a sin of the spirit. It's yeah. a condition of the heart. And then we begin to wonder why it's affecting our relationship with God. Oh, yes. Are y'all with me today? Amen. So it's about commitment. Committed followers, amen, is what is going to reach, amen, this world for Jesus Christ. It's not committed leaders, it's committed followers. And I'm going to tell you this because this is the number one area where the enemy comes in and tries to begin to attack. Because he knows if he can attack this area, then he can begin to hinder the work of God from going forth. Amen. That's why he always wants to put some, something in your heart in order to create you to not be able to receive from the men and women of God that he places in your life. See, you've got to know that today so that you can be on guard, like the Bible says. Amen. Standing firm, ready for that so that you don't fall and play into the hand of the enemy. Come on, somebody. Because if he can get you out of line with what God has placed in your life, amen, then guess what? He can get you off track. Because the blessings flow down. The anointing flows down. From the head of Jesus, the head of the church, onto the pastor, amen, onto the shepherds, and onto the people. Amen. God has placed some people in your life to speak a word, amen. They are the mouthpiece of God, amen, for your life. And if he can cut you off from receiving from them, amen, then you will not receive what it is that you have to nourish you, amen, to go forward in your life. And you think you can listen to any old preacher on any old kind of uh, radio and TV, but I'm telling you right now, God's got a word that is going to empower you to go forward and be most effective right where you are planted. So we've got to begin to evaluate ourselves. And we've got to begin to see, is there something that the enemy is trying to do? And if he is, we need to address it. We need to identify it. Call it for what it is. Amen. 
may be communicated not to everybody else but to the person that needs to hear it amen. and if we don't feel like we can follow properly maybe we need to amen begin to find somewhere where we can amen. but if God called you somewhere he's going to carry out what he started he doesn't want us hopping all around from church to church and place to place and pastor to pastor. Amen. And then it's not what it's all about. And you wonder why you're not effective. You wonder why you're not growing. You wonder why you don't have no roots. I'm going to tell you the only perfect pastor you'll ever meet is Jesus. But we should also walk in a manner worthy of our calling. That's why he says, Paul says, I don't I don't suggest that many of you become teachers. That's right. Because you're going to have a stricter judgment. That's right. Are you all with me today? Amen. We put the emphasis on leadership. And it's a big push in the church. Amen. And it's very important. Amen. It's taught in every seminary, every book, every tape, and every teaching. You hear about leadership. Leadership, leadership, leadership. And this is not bad. We do need godly leadership. Because without it, we will never see God move in this generation. Amen. amen. We need the generals. Amen. Of the Lord. Amen. We need the soldiers. Amen. Hello, somebody. Amen. We need, amen, the colonels. We need those men of God. Yeah. And those women of God. But we overlook, amen, the need for followers. A leader is not good, much good, without followers. Amen. And I'm going to tell you this, amen. Oh, you're not leading if someone nobody's following you. Are y'all with me today? I want to give you an example of somebody. Y'all ever heard of General Robert E. Lee? General Robert E. Lee, a celebrated officer in the Civil War. I'm going to give you some examples of how things that he had encountered with his people. Towards the end of that war, his men were fighting with sticks and rocks. Oh my God. And they were eating sawdust to make up for no food. That's some committed soldiers. And one day, Robert E. Lee rode by his troops in their torn uniforms. And he took off his horse Amen. He got off his horse and he bowed to them. And the reason why that he bowed to those people, those soldiers, amen, is because he understood the value of committed followers. Are y'all with me today? We're committed as leaders. But are you committed as followers? Let's ask ourselves that today. Because I'm trying to tell you something. God's trying to do something that is beyond what you can even begin to think or imagine. All right. God is preparing his church for something great. Amen. The Bible says in the last days it's going to be the church's finest hour. There's going to be people flooding in those doors. Amen. But God is waiting for the people. Amen. To be prepared to receive what it is. Amen. See, they were prepared on that day. Pentecost, when Peter began to preach, and 3,000 were saved, and 5,000 were saved, and they lined them up, and they were baptizing them, boom, 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 boom. 
Within 25 years, just the church in Jerusalem alone, amen, went from 120 in the upper room all the way to 125,000. 25 years of pre preaching and pastoring, amen, they went from 120 to 100,000, amen. That's a little bit of growth and that's a little bit of success. I'd say if I have a church of 100,000, amen, something good is happening. Come on, somebody. Amen. Or how about this? If I've impacted and touched the lives of 100,000, amen, they may not all be in one church. Hello, somebody. But they're the church of Jesus Christ that's spread across this nation, amen. And you may not know it until you go to heaven, amen. And Jesus says, come here, son. Come here, daughter. Let me show you something. See all this? See all them souls? That's the impact you made. God is good, amen? amen? Quality leaders are not just enough, but we must have quality followers. Amen. We're never going to go anywhere in God without followers. The, the call of God has always been a call to follow, and it's always been that way. I want to give you an example, amen, of, uh, of a familiar uh, group that you might know. How about Elijah and Elisha? All right. One thing about Elisha, amen, he was right there in step with Elijah. Just waiting, amen. Right. right there. Everywhere he went, he's right there. Yeah, yeah. Until that double portion fell. Boom. Are y'all with me today? Amen. And what about Gideon and his 300 soldiers in the book of Judges chapter 6? Uh -huh. Against the Midianites. Yeah. Without number, amen. Yet how many of y'all know they won the victory? Can I get an amen? amen. Come on, y'all got to grab a hold of that today. And the reason was, was because of the 300 that he had, they were committed followers. Come on, somebody. You just don't know what can happen when you put together some committed followers. You're going to begin to shake heaven and hell. You're going to begin to reach in the highways and the byways. You're going to begin to impact the community. You're going to begin to impact the county. You're going to begin to impact the city. You're going to begin to impact the state. You're going to begin to impact the nation. Amen with the gospel. Wherever you say go, I'll go, Pastor. Whatever you say do, I'll do it. Amen. God wants to use y'all. He's just waiting for some that are committed. That's a great impact. Y'all ever thought about that in Gideon and 300 men? They were committed, Father. You know, when we look at it in the New Testament, Jesus repeats this call many times. Jesus said this in Luke 25, 27. Jesus said to the Levite, follow me. He said to the rich young ruler, follow me. He said to his disciples, if any will follow, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Paul said, be ye followers of the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And be followers of me. And he said, be therefore followers of God and dear children. See, following was a very popular call in the New Testament. But there is a Bible pattern in what we do. We're not an independent church. We're the body of Christ. We're part of a family. With the headship and the pattern. Amen. It's set in place. You know, Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 2 and 14, you become followers of the church. And what this means is this. We lay aside our own pursuits for the cause of Christ. Mm. We lay aside our own ambitions.
for the Lord's plan, for the Lord's will. And unless we are following, we aren't going anywhere. Are y'all with me? Unless you're following, you're not going anywhere. And the Bible declared that we are measured in covenant relationships. And this has to do with our commitment to one another in regard to what God is doing in our midst. You know, I want to share an example of something with you for a minute. Amen. I share with you covenant simply means contract or agreement. Totally binding above all. And so as Christians, we are in covenant with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And if we will serve, we shall be saved. And if we will be faithful, God will be faithful. But when you come into covenant with God, we automatically come into covenant with not only God, but God's people. And so a commitment to God is a commitment to God's people. And this truth is understood in much of the church world today. Amen. Amen. In other words, amen. There's no lone rangers. And see, the problem is, is that there's a spirit that comes in, amen, Amen. and they go at it alone, and they're here and there and everywhere, and they said, I'll do it my way. Are y'all with me? You know, I'm going to share with you, y'all are familiar with Ruth and Naomi. Ruth committing herself to follow God. Amen. The God of Naomi. Are y'all with me? This is my question to you today. How committed are we to each other and to our church? How committed are we? Because there is an area of Christian life that is always under attack. And you need to write that down. It is always under attack. It is always under attack. And that is following. The only reason why the church in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, amen, made an impact like it did. Because they were of one mind and one spirit. Are y'all with me today? I want to share with you a story. I don't know if y'all ever heard of the story about Korah. Korah is a man, not a woman. But Korah wanted to violate the covenant the people were enjoying. (laughs) And this is not what God was doing. And Korah had something called an independent spirit. In other words, nobody's going to tell him what to do. And I'm going to tell you what happened. God ended up judging Korah and 250 others. And others began to sympathize. And I don't know if you've read the story, but this is what happened. God killed 14,700 sympathizers that were sympathizing with Korah. Come on now. In their independent spirit. 14,700. Swallow. Wow. Hmm. Because they were sympathizing with somebody that was out of line with the, with the, with the covering that God had placed in their life. They weren't even the ones that were uh, initiating it. 
They were sympathizing with it. 250 of them. And what did God do? He, he got rid of 14,700 sympathizers. Go back and read the book of Korah. I mean, the story about Korah. They just, they just came in agreement with that baloney. They just came in agreement with that, with that, with that division. They just sympathized with that, uh, with that mentality, with that spirit, with that heart. I know that's kind of deep. For sympathizing with rebellion. Hello. Somebody say, don't sympathize. Now, Jesus sympathizes with you. But don't sympathize with the wrong thing. Don't sympathize with rebellion. Don't sympathize with an independent spirit. Don't sympathize with running down your pastor or his wife. Don't sympathize because you got rebuked because you were out of line. I know that's heavy. Korah was a spreader of division, a violator of the covenant relationship they had. See, God measures our hearts right here. Amen. This is where God measures our hearts. Amen. Are you all with me? Amen. Your covenant with God and His people is more important than any other covenant you may have. Y'all got to grab a hold of that today. Your covenant with God and his people, amen. Ooh, and I know this is a sticky issue because it strikes close to home, amen. I don't know if you've heard of a story about jail and Sisera, but her husband had a covenant with Sisera, but she had a covenant with God. And when the family and friends came against what God is doing, either you stand in covenant or you break the covenant. Jail said, I am serving God, and this is my priority agreement in life. It supersedes all other things. All other things. Are y'all with me today? And this is what makes the church powerful. A powerful force in the world as we oppose to tolerate. Amen. These things. You know, each of us have an application responsibility. That means we have to walk it out, carry it out, apply it of covenant to each other today. In the book of Acts 2 and 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking of bread and in prayer. Amen. They were together. Amen. The teachings of the word. They were together in prayer. They were together. Amen. In fellowship. Come on, we gotta look. We got a we got a whole blueprint right there in the book of Acts. We have a blueprint when we look at the church of Antioch in the book of Acts. Did you know Antioch was a church that wasn't even a, it wasn't even founded by an apostle, but it was by the people? And did you know there were so many things saved in the church of Antioch? Amen, that they they began to say, hey, go over there and see what's going on over there. And so they, and Barnabas went over there to Antioch, and he was like, whoa, God is moving. 
And he began to see the need for teaching and instruction. He says, how many of you know we need good teaching and instruction? Amen. That way we can be good followers because we can't follow if we don't know how, where to follow. Amen. And so he went and got Saul of Tarsus. And him and Saul came back and they taught at Antioch for a whole year. Right. And established that church with roots. I believe that we are two groups right here today, unified together through the Spirit, amen, of God. Under good teaching and instruction. I know you get good teaching here at Antioch, and I know Victor Life, you get good teaching. What are we doing with that teaching? What are we doing with it? Are y'all with me today? God is good, amen. See, it's important. We've got to be a part of a church. But when you violate the assembly of the saints, you break covenant. I want to share with you the reluctant tribes, Gad, Reuben, and Manasseh, did not want to go any further in God. And they refused to keep in pace with the vision God had imparted. How many of y'all know the first to stop is always the first to fall? Go forward with the vision. God's given a vision for this house. God's given a vision for Victor Life. And it's big. Amen. It goes past the four corners of these walls. It goes past these cities. It goes past it. Amen. You know, Deborah and Barak, they tell of three tribes that forsook Israel in the time of battle. Amen. Amen. Christians who violate covenant with God's people are the first to fall. Gad, Reuben, and Manasseh. See, the, the church has to learn to march as one. Right. As one. Right. Jesus said in the book of John, amen, that his prayer for the church, amen, is that those who believe would be united as one. Yes, yes. And he said the reason that he wanted them united as one is because that is what would create the rest of the world to to believe. Amen. Did you know that when we're walking around in division and we're walking around, amen, and these other things that is hindering the cause of Christ, amen. that there's people that are not going to want to come to a place, amen, that is not look appealing because of everything that is going on there. How would they want to come into that environment when they can get that in the world? We've got to be different. This has got to be a house of refuge. This has got to be a house of love. And this has got to be a house of great followers. Marching to the beat of the spirit and the vision of the house and the man and woman of God that he has given that vision to. And through that, when you do that, that's where God's going to begin to produce your vision. Amen. When you begin to grab a hold of it and run with your pastor's vision, God's going to release the vision for your life through that. I'm about to close in just a minute. I can worship team can come and make its way up here. But you and I, we have a responsibility to stay in course. 
And when we stay in course, this means that we have a responsibility to be faithful. Amen. To what and where God has placed us. All are called to stay at your post. Some may say or think, I can't. I can't do this for you. I have my own race to run or my own battles to fight. But you've got to stay at a post that God has assigned you. God assigned your following. Hello, somebody. Amen. By a covenant relationship. I want to share something with you real quick. And I'm about to close. I don't know if y'all remember the children of Israel. God was trying to take them into the promised land. A place that he had prepared for them. A place that flowed with milk and honey, the Bible says. God was trying to take them there. Amen. But how many of y'all know Israel had a failure in the promised land? And the reason was because the vision of God that God had given was unfaithful. In other words, <laughs> the failure and the loss of vision is due entirely to the failure of following. Come on, I'm not losing y'all debt. Don't, don't go anywhere else with me. Stay right here. Come on, we're almost done. I'm wrapping it up. Amen. Come on. I don't want you to miss your blessing tonight. I don't want you to miss what God has. The failure or the loss of vision is due entirely to the failure of following. If the man of God loses the vision, because the Bible says without vision, the people perish. If the man of God loses his vision, amen, that means he's not following God anymore. Amen. Amen. Are y'all with me today? Amen. If you're losing the vision, it's because you're not following anymore. The people did that which was right in their own eyes, the Bible said. They did what in Judges 17 and 6, they did what was right in their own eyes. But the strength of a move of God depends on the strength and the faithfulness of the followers' unity. I'm here to tell you that today. And we're going somewhere. God is on the move. God is doing something great. Come on, somebody. It's right there. It's tangible. You can see it. Amen. Oh, my God. It's right there on the street. Oh, my Lord. Somebody's got to begin to see it. Open up your eyes. Ask God to give you the eyes, amen, of Christ. Ask Him to let you see through His lens. So what it depends on is this, and I want to leave you with this. To the extent that we are sold out is the extent that we will be successful. To the extent that we are sold out, no matter what, no matter what, oh my God. sold out is to the extent which we are successful. He says, I will make you successful. You're going to 
be successful. I'm taking you a place of success. Amen. I'm taking you a place of prosperity. I'm taking you a place of blessing. I'm taking you a place of freedom. I'm taking you a place, amen, of destiny. I'm taking you a place of your future. Oh my God, if you only knew, I'm taking you somewhere. I'm taking you. I'm taking your whole family. I'm taking your family's family. I'm taking your church family. I'm taking them, amen. You're going there.